Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 26, as the New York Rangers collapse once again against a division rival, a must-win game for them to move up into the standings, but they fail, our coaching fails, our all-star fails, everything fails when it matters the most, Andy. And I'm getting pretty damn sick of it. And there's a lot to talk about just from this one game. But first, I have to ask you, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm honestly, I don't, I, we'll, we'll get into it. But I think I'm not as uh, disheartened by that game as you might seem to be. But other than that, I'm doing good. It's the episode 26 of season four, the Jimmy VC edition. Uh, yeah. Jimmy VC, I think we talked about it on the last podcast, but earned himself a nice little contract extension for literally no money. And he follows it up with a solid performance in Montreal and then a, a goal against his former team. So uh, that's one less player the Rangers have to worry about is that he seems to be living up to his end of the bargain already as he has all season, hence why he was given that extension. Uh, but yeah, obviously, despite the success the Rangers have had recently, this was a big opportunity for them to overtake their division rival and move into second place. And it looks like they almost had it in the bag and then uh, missteps abound. They let it literally fall through their fingers. So uh, we're going to talk all about it. Yeah. And today you find yourself, well, after the Washington Capitals, Shut out victory, one nothing. They get the job done and win another game and go 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. They move up to the third spot in the Metropolitan and the New York Rangers fall to the wild card because we cannot string together um, three consecutive periods against a good team. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick on the Rangers because I think every Ranger fan should be and deserves to feel pretty upset because we were let down on... So many different fronts here, and man, I don't even know where to start. I think, let's see. Let's start here because this is probably the least egregious part. But Andy, we have a guy that makes, let's see. I just want to be 100% correct on this. 
$11,642,857 this year. And he's nowhere to be found. Doesn't make the big play to get us the win. Just fails. But on the other hand, the New Jersey Devils have this kid, Jack Hughes, that makes $8 million and kills us every single game. It just, I want to start with Panarin. Because the guy makes, let me say this one more time for you, just in case you forgot, $11,642,857, and I, honest to God, feel like it's he's not he's just not worth, I don't care how many points he has, he's just not worth the money. You just can't go in and out and in and out. Same with Mika, same with Kreider. It's like, these guys need to like step up and just take over games and and listen i understand we're winning hockey games we're playing much better and i definitely agree but like it's a game against the devils it's a game that if you look on the standings matters more than the other games and and you could say every game counts as two points and i definitely agree with that but these are games that you have circled on the calendar these are games that fans have circled on their calendar this is what you know you know, rivalries are made of. This is what you're texting your friends who are devil fans and busting their chops about. Like this is the, these are the games that if the season means nothing, these are the games that mean the most. And when you're both competing for, you know, a playoff spot and seedings and just, you know, who's better right now in the metropolitan area, you know, I just, how do you collapse once again? To the New Jersey Devils. It's just, and and I know the Devils collapsed the last game they played where they were up 2-0 and the Rangers came back and won. But this is twice now against this team. The first time we played them, another collapse of a two-goal lead. This time, another two-goal lead blown twice in this game. And, you know, I I just, you got to start pointing fingers at the guys who make the most money because you expect them to seal the deal, put the game away, you know. Uh, bury them Uh, it's just frustrating andy no absolutely there's a lot of blamed i think to be put around on their collapse against the devils i'm gonna start with the coach honestly uh well i didn't want to go go there i'm I'm glad you you're brought yeah so i want to say this uh starting with the coaching you could say because the first let's talk let's maybe we'll take in segments with the first period Obviously, the Devils had all those shots, but much like Joe and Sam were saying, I thought the Rangers were defending and not really playing, but they, it looked like they were just waiting for their chance, and nothing was really dangerous. It was all kind of one and done, kept to the outside. But that's, again, if you're just going to play the whole game waiting for you know, a, a monumental breakdown, obviously the Rangers go up early with the VC goal, which in, honestly, now looking back, that might have been the worst thing that happened to them that game. Because instead of working their way into competing that entire game, they got an early goal off of a Devils uh, miscue. And make no mistake, the Devils have defensive breakdowns. Overall, I think throughout, because they're all, everyone on that team skates very well, and for the most part is attentive to their details, but they're a little soft, and they, much like any other team in the NHL, are not unbeatable, and will make, have defensive miscues and mistakes. And the Rangers got lucky and take it, VC makes a really nice move and torches his former team, and the Rangers go up one nothing. So now I think the, the Rangers are like, all right, like, let's set this into like, we're not going to make any mistakes, cruise control mode, which is the worst thing you can do against the most aggressive, uh, at, you know, 
best puck moving, fastest skating team in the NHL. You're just going to let them skate just Hughes and Brat and uh, just, you know, and he should just zip around the outside. It's just such a setting yourself up to fail. But whatever, the Rangers weathered the storm in the first up a goal. And it wasn't, they did a good job defending. I'll give it to them. They made, played very mistake, little hockey. Second period comes around and they, you know, they start opening it up a little bit and they go up nothing, you know, two nothing on uh, a beautiful, I'll, I'll give it this, Barkley Goodrow even though later on he pretty much almost single-handedly loses a game for the New York Rangers, makes a beautiful pass up the boards to Adam Fox, who makes an even more beautiful pass between his legs to a streaking Julian Gauthier, who was good, uh, another player who was good. I thought, the, other than Goudreau, I thought two, two-thirds of the fourth line were excellent in that game, being VC and uh, Julian Gauthier on every ship. Or, excuse me, Goudreau was playing on the third by that time, I think, but uh, whatever. Uh, so the Rangers go up two nothing, but now they start. I cannot count how many times, uh, the Devils seem to be behind them because again, we've talked about this in the past. The Rangers play this concept of when they, they all crash the net. And then if the puck somehow hits an end board and just squeaks out, squirts out behind them, they're literally left to just three on two on the defenseman all the time. And just without that support, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's like how many times can you get beat? I thought. Despite how he's looked pretty uh, solid for the Rangers since getting the uh, third pairing job, I thought Ben Harper got pretty much victimized that game because he is slow as molasses. You know what I mean? That's and a tough I, he's team tough. for him to play against. Yeah, it's a tough team for him to play against. And yeah, and I mean, that's where obviously, look, I think he's good when it's opposition he can keep in front of him and play heavy on, but you know, speedy teams that just zip around you and you're a guy who's more of a stationary, I'm going to cross-check you into the ground and, and fling it up the boards type of player that he is. Yeah, he got victimized that game. Uh, and honestly, I thought Lindgren, although he had his flashes of brilliance offensively, I thought his decision-making in that game was terrible. And even Fox, who obviously he has a brilliant play and had some beautiful Adam Fox-esque plays, he really struggles with teams with that much foot speed because he himself is not a fast player but obviously his his brain is so supreme that he can do these things but you know he he's the one who takes the penalty as Hughes zip makes a move on him zips by him it's just sometimes you he's a little laissez-faire about things and you would like to see a little bit more urgency sometimes because I think he always thinks he has a situation under control and that's not the case but whatever but the Rangers yeah they so Barkley, after that, the Rangers are up to nothing, feeling really good about themselves. What does Barkley Goodrow do? And literally makes a beautiful pass. Just going back to his, wants to put it back to his D-men because there's nothing for him to get the, to enter the zone. So he literally just puts it on a streaking Hughes' stick who splits uh, Schneider and Harper, who, you know, because I think at the same time, once it's coming, I don't know, Harper decides to pinch for some reason. And Hughes just does what he does and puts it upstairs. And it's, you know, devils are back in this game. And then that's basically it. Yes, the Rangers come back with a nice shift and a nice goal. But it's just not enough. You just knew they were good, that Hughes was going to score another one because he just, again, like you said before, he seems to take this rivalry seriously. And I know he's hot right now, but it doesn't matter. He always scores against the Rangers. Matt Barzell always scores about the Rangers. Why do we not have a player that abuses the devils or abuses the Islanders. And I would think that I honestly do think I don't think the Rangers take 
the rivalry as seriously as the other two teams. And which, you know, whatever you want to say, every team, we worry about our own team. We're not worried about the other team. You have to. I don't care what you say. You have to find, you play these teams more than any other teams in, in the league. They're, and it's important to your fan base. So you need to get up for these games. You know, it give, turn into fuel. But they don't. They're just like, just another team or whatever. Uh, but Goudreau, who has, gets abused, because, you know, uh, just because he's slow himself. He slows molasses. And he puts, what, a, a, an absolute muffin onto Hughes' uh, stick as he streaks in his scores on the Rangers. Then later in the game, when the Rangers decide to try to defend what little league they have left, Turk shortens the bench and puts him out there more and more to get abused instead of the players that were actually playing well. So a lot of that's on Turk. Just the Rangers game management of this game was horrible. It basically played out as they and they saw what happened in their game at home against the Rangers. They basically it was happening to them. And you would think they're like, oh, this is how we got back in this game. Maybe we should continue to try to be aggressive. But nope, they were honestly, it just seemed like they were trying to squeak out a point. And of course, the, you know, a broken play, nothing you can really do if you're Igor on that goal. You know, obviously, I, honestly, other than the OT goal, which I was like, you know what, I may, you know, maybe he, he could have, you, you can't really put this one on Igor because again, how many 10 bell saves did he have in that game? You know, he had no chance on, on Bratt's side blast over his shoulder. I don't, I don't care who you are. You're not stopping that. You know, maybe he was, could have been a little bit more aggressive, although his perfect placement on the Hughes goal, it's just so, he's so fast and his release is so good. He's just so hard to read. But, you know, Igor was far from their problem that game. But you could even see him cursing up a storm about what his teammates were doing in front of him. And yeah, it just... Turk just being a, an idiot and just his game management, uh, some of the best players. How come Vitaly Kraftsov or Kapo Kaku were absolutely flying in that game? Didn't get a shift in OT. And yet he puts, he's trying to, Lafreniere, yes, granted he did have a nice pass in the first goal, but who mo- is clearly struggling right now. And I understand if he's like, you want to give him a chance to maybe get his confidence up or like as a little reward. I can maybe understand that, but he's, didn't play all that well that game. He wasn't bad, but he also wasn't noticeable, really. And he's clearly, he's handling the puck like a grenade right now because his confidence is he's a raw nerve right now. Yet Kraftsoff, who was forechecking like a like an MFR, and Kako, who looks like one of the most confident men in the world right now, could, can't get a shift in OT? Like, it's I think Kako got a shift, but Kraftsoff was absolutely flying that entire game. And how many times did he make nice moves and continue? He's the best player on the Trocek Panarin uh line right now it's him it and it's it's and he's fast he's got wheels that's the thing dude it's disgusting and heartbreaking all at the same time because this is what you want this is what we needed from him remember going into the season like oh man our right side depth is not that great and then you got him playing great hockey and it's like "Mm, no we're not gonna use him no we're gonna Go with Lafreniere, who he cannot skate, he cannot pass, he cannot shoot, he cannot uh, control the puck. And he had one of the most embarrassing highlight reels of his entire career coming down. And yeah, he all right, he got popped. And you could say that maybe, maybe that could have been in some other universe a penalty, but not in that, not, not in ours. Well, I see them. I see those as two unrelated incidents. He tries to and fails to make a move there, and after he fails, there's incidental contact with which is Jared why it wasn't Lovich. a penalty. Yes, and which is why he was taken out of the play while 
whoever, you know, someone was going to the bench to change. I agree. Which So it's just, it was a bad decision on his part. But here's the thing, though. When Lafreniere was buzzing at times before this all, this he has continued to regress. Every time he deserved more and needed a more ice time, Turk never gave it to him. But now that he's stinking, Turk is trying to force feed him ice time to get him going, and he's failing. Meanwhile, you have Kraftsoff, who's playing well, and he's doing the exact same thing to him. Yeah, it's like it, you're only going to give him ice time when he looks like absolute dog shit. You're going to give continue I, to give Barkley Goodrow defensive specialists ice time in a game where he's abjectly slow and horrible, and literally you're, you you want to bench your your kids, and yet Barkley Goodrow basically gave this game to the Devils on a silver platter by making a dumb, like a, a soft, lazy, no like non awareness pass to streaking Jack Hugh. Like you know what I mean? It's just bullshit. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's like we're beating ourselves. Yeah. Like all across the board. And I think that's that's the thing here. If the Rangers were a worse team, and I was like, you know, if the Devils are just a better team, there's not much the Rangers could do. I would accept it, but they could have won this game. They absolutely could have won this game and they beat themselves, which is what is so disappointing because you saw that when they were the few times they decided to play the style they played, the devils didn't want to play that game in the corners with them. And when there were ever the Rangers got that going, they hemmed the devils in their own zone for, for extended shifts. And they ended up scoring the, obviously the Kreider goal, uh, the Gautier goal, you know, it's they, that, and that's the thing. It's like, that is the goal, the game, the Rangers like to say they want to play but they only did it twice that entire game and they decide to go in game management mode the rest of the game, which is, I don't know. So honestly, there's a lot of people that deserve blame this game. You're, you're absolutely right. James Panarin was, was a pretty much a zilch in this game. He deserves uh, criticism. Zabanajad, he's had a good string of games leading up to this game, but again, this was an important game. And other than the one shift that him, Kako and Kreider had, I thought Kako was the only one of them who had anything else going in that game. Dude, you make eight and a half million dollars. You got to be a game changer every game. Like no, only against, only against the Canadians, uh, Mika's power play goals against the Canadians, the Arizona coyotes, the Anaheim ducks. You know what I mean? And they're like, man, this guy is hot and he's leading the Rangers in the way they need to be led. But not when it's a, a our divisional rival or a, a a playoff team, you know what I mean? So it's just frustrating because yeah. they were so close. They were so close, and I I was my wife was like, "How are they doing?" And I'm like, "Well, they just let the Devils back into the game." I'm like, "This game's over. They're going to lose," and that's exactly what happened. You know what I mean? Because I'm, it's predictable. Yeah. They don't like they don't change how they play. Like they'll never like play like shit, and then like and then all of a sudden play great. They they win games playing like shit. We've seen it happen, and they lose games playing great. We've seen that happen as well. It's just so frustrating because we beat ourselves. And I don't know if there's another team out there. Like I know Pittsburgh's struggling right now, 
But I don't know if there's another team out there that is like loaded with this amount of talent that when it's put together, you're like, holy shit, man, this team can really, you know, string together wins. They can definitely beat anybody in the league on any given night. And then all of a sudden you look at them and you're like, I I don't even know how they're in the National Hockey League. And it it just, it's up and down the lineup. It's all the way from our first line. And then, and like our fourth line is like, playing well and and then you know we'll have a string where our bottom six are just absolutely killing us and our top line is carrying the load and and just like we can never cohesively just you know put together 60 minutes from the top of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup even last year in the playoffs it was just like you never know what you were going to get you know you knew Panarin wasn't going to show up you might get a power play point out of him but like it, it just it's just so sickening that we have a guy making over 11 and a half million dollars and he's like sometimes he's casper and sometimes you know it's just like he doesn't do anything like i I, listen he racks up points and and like he'll have a bad game and he'll get two assists that like that's great and all but we need a guy that's going to be a game changer and i just don't believe he's the guy anymore i i just I don't know what has happened to this team. I really don't. And, and you know, I, I feel like last year during the regular season, not including the playoffs at all, I feel like last year there was like a chip on their shoulder and they might not have played great, but they always found ways to win. They always got the two points. And I'm like, you know what? I can get behind a team like that. If they're not going to always play well, but they give a damn, they always fucking tried. They played full 60 minutes. They they did what they could to win a hockey game, and I respected that. This year, it's like the complete opposite. It's like we know we got the talent and and the personnel to put this all together. It's just ah, eh, we'll get them next game. Ah, eh, we let them in the game. Like ah, I just like to stick handle and 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 you know play perimeter hockey. And it's just it's it's, it's not going to work this year. It, it hasn't worked, and I don't know if it's coaching. I mean, listen. After the game last night, I was ready to, like, if my whole, if my head could explode, it would have exploded at Kalan. And I, I just don't know how you can keep your job after, like, how do you put Lafreniere out there? Like, was he asked that question? I was so sick. I couldn't even look at any of the, the post-game uh, comments from him. Did he, did he have to answer the question why he put Lafreniere out there? Uh, no, I don't think they asked him. Then the media, everyone in the, Vince and everybody. Maybe should be they, maybe let they go, did. Fired. Maybe maybe they did, but I didn't see. I it didn't. should have been the only question. But honest to God, and you know what? I was so sick and tired of everyone like, well, what do you think of how many shots the Devils got the first period? And then everyone being like, it didn't seem like that many shots. I was actually kind of puzzled how they had so many shots on goal. It was like, yeah, yeah because they threw everything on net from the outside. We all know it. It, it honestly, I didn't even. I wasn't even that mad with how the Rangers played, even though they gave up a lot of shots. I felt like they protected the house and things were from the outside and Igor had everything under control and you knew yeah. exactly what the Devils were trying to do. But at the same time, I, I think in that first period, everyone was enamored of the fact that they were like, oh, it's one period, the Rangers are up a goal and yeah, they gave up a lot of shots, but they defended well. But other than the Jimmy VC goal, they didn't spend more than two minutes in the Devils end in that period. No, oh, like, I, I agree so with that. Everyone, but- everyone, uh, was 
everyone is so enamored with like there were or not enamored like you said everyone was making comments well well it's not indicative of how even that period was i'm like it wasn't even it wasn't rangers the rangers defended well but they didn't do anything they lucked out on one shift early on in the feeling out process of the game and then they immediately said you know what we're just going to ride this one out we're going to defend we're not going to give them much but you know we'll defend really well and everyone's you know you know, Joe is like, wow, Sam, you know, the Rangers really didn't give them much, kept everything the outside, like very attentive to their details. Like, yeah, that's great. But they're not, you cannot withstand that same barrage for a full 60 and not end up losing the game. So they did eventually come to play. But lo and behold, they're like, we have to push for some offense now, too. And then they immediately op- turn into Swiss cheese. So uh, I'm also looking at the. If you NHL.com, go to team stats, they have, you know, you know, goals, assists, points, plus minus, pims, shots on goal. And then one column has giveaways. Lafreniere has zero. What is a giveaway? Like, how was that in overtime not a giveaway? If you go and you go and make a move and it just squirt and the guy makes a play and you lose it, you're giving it away to the yeah, other team. Yeah, that's a giveaway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're only... Maybe it's just again. I mean, I maybe there's no third digit, and he had a hundred, so it just goes (laughs) back to zero. I I also think that by the people who do are in charge of that type of stuff, watching the games for the league, every arena is different, and that stuff's up to interpretation. You know what I mean? So what's a hit, and what's just little incidental contact, and all this other stuff. It's just well, no wonder his underlying stats are so great because no one's even keeping track of what this kid does. It just makes me. I I know I. I know it makes you angry. I will say this. I, I, you know, I, I understand this is a results based business and you know, it's, it's just, it's not happening for him. It's really sad. I want it to happen for him. Trust me. Yeah. It'd be great. And I'm not, and I'm not even saying it won't ever happen for him, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, whether it, this is the situation he's in now this is the situation the team's in now and honestly it's like yeah it's 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 on everyone it's on obviously Lafreniere himself and and and, but I mean that's kind of what you sign up for if you're going to be a player in this league you know whether fairly or unfairly it's if if you you know if you have to produce and it doesn't even matter to what level because it's not even about production maybe so much because Kako, every it was a, is a little bit different case because even though he was not putting up points for the last two seasons, he looked so bad his first year. He was clearly wasn't ready, as was Lafreniere. But in year two, we're like, oh, he's getting better, and the flashes are there. But he's it's just not enough to get points. And then is this this is year four for Kako, right? Yeah. So then then in year three, he looked even better, or he was at least putting those shifts together. But also didn't have the best line mates to get going until, you know, eventually. But at the same time, the flashes were always there. And then finally, he comes into this year. And even beginning the season, it's like he looked like a world beater. But he just every it was like he would, you know, it, it was just hitting posts, just getting unlucky, missing the net, whatever. He was getting robbed out of points. He was the guy making the play that changed the whole complexion of what was happening and turned the puck the other way and would get no credit. but. But then finally he gets put on the top line and he he single-handedly turns that line into a dangerous line that's been scoring every game for the Rangers. You know, they had to take Chris Kreider off Mika's line because those two were just not working together. 
They put him back, and lo and behold, those two are super productive players right now. And but luckily for himself, Kako himself is productive, but he is the guy that is making that line go. So he's a little bit different than Lafreniere. Whereas Lafreniere is a little bit different in that bad season one, bad, maybe just not a good, you know, getting a lot of, but he did get a lot of opportunistic goals. You know what I mean? But I think the weird thing is after he gets scratched last year, he comes back versus Detroit, has a, two beautiful goals, confident goals, and then goes in the playoffs and has an excellent playoffs and leads all the kid line in, in points. Just looks like he did it. He turned the corner, playing confident, playing direct, confident hockey. And because he's the three of them were pressuring together, he had more time and space. And was even though it's the playoffs were supposed to be tighter, he's making plays and he's making things happen. But you could tell his confidence shot because he's regressing despite being a year older, which it shouldn't be happening. It'd be one thing if he was stagnant, but he's getting worse, which that's the, 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 str- the yeah. damnedest thing of this all. And I think that's what's the most frustrating about this Rangers development problem is that it's not just, it'd be one thing if you're like, the Rangers picked the lemon, but you saw at least there's a baseline of, oh, it's the playoffs and he can do these things. But between all your questioning when he seemingly had it going on, he's not getting put up or he's getting switched to the other side because they've refused to move Kreider. It, and now finally it's like, all right, well, we got, it. it's a problem. I guess we got, it. he's, he's, you know, he couldn't produce with whatever, with the, uh, you know, with his cast of revolving line mates, you know, one put on the, his off wing. So now it's like, you know, I don't know. They've, they've killed this kid's confidence, but you know, at the same time, it is also up to you to manufacture your own confidence. You know what I mean? I, I, but again, it might be a little bit different being the first overall pick where you just feel that weight, but it sucks. It's a results based sport and business. And you're thinking about your next contract and, you know, by all accounts, they've said that after him, he got scratched. Elliot Freeman said it's not like that he's looking to get moved or this or that, and that he the team says they still believe in him. But it's just at certain. I mean, we we've talked before about why uh, Gerard Gallant has run out his welcome in his previous stops, despite actually having a pretty successful coaching record in his last two gigs. But a lot of it was stuff like this. He's, you can say he's a player's coach all you want, but he's in the business of what he thinks is winning. And he's an old school guy who loves his veterans. You know, he would never, if he was coaching the, the Devils the last two years, Jack Hughes would not have been forced fed the ice time he was until he literally played so much in every situation and got crushed along the boards 8 million times and hurt himself and came back and then get put right back in power play one. And literally he was like, all right, eventually I figured it out. That wouldn't have happened. He would have literally been, you know. So, yeah, I, I know this went off on a crazy wild tangent, but listen, I think a lot of the Rangers' problems right now is that Gerard Gallant wants them to do this by committee, and I don't think they're going to get the ultimate prize unless the cream on this team rises to the top, but he doesn't seem interested in doing that. You want your team to have roles, but there has to be a hierarchy of who can produce and who can't. It's not this weird, he thinks it's going to be this weird utopia where he, you know, at there, you know, he thought in his head, Ryan Reeves would still be here and he could play him with a Reeves, Zabana, Jad, Goodrow line. And doesn't matter what combination he throws out there, that that line's going to win for his team. But that's just not hockey. It's not how it works. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a million issues. The, 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 the problem is he doesn't have enough gamers. 
Like he doesn't have enough guys just rising to the challenge on every given game and every given night. And, and listen, it's, it, it's frustrating because you look at our record and you're like, it's not that bad. Like we're not playing that bad. We're going to be in the playoffs. It's not that bad. The truth, the fact is it is that bad. Are we going to win a Stanley cup? Hell no. Is, is any Ranger fan honestly confident that we'll get back to the Eastern Con- conference final? Absolutely not. Not when there's games like this. Listen, there's a, there's you don't just get to the Stanley Cup final and you don't just win a Stanley Cup. This shit is like learned throughout the season. There's a swagger you develop. There is lessons to be learned. There are, you know, you know, triumphs that happen. The team changes and molds and you you build a Stanley Cup contending team. Like there's a story behind the St. Louis Blues that were dead last in the league and they just rose from the dead. Like there was a mission there. That team came together. You know, there are like, you know, last year, you know, well, the we, Colorado we know Avalanche, that was, that was a long time coming. That was built into something. That was like, it was their time and they said, I'm fucking taking it. I just don't believe this with the Rangers. It's just like the same old story. It's just that it's like they don't, there's nothing building here. If anything, things are a little bit, they're, they're like disintegrating from last year. There's no killer attitude and there's no, there are just attitude, killer instinct. You know, they should be hungry to get back to where they were last year. And I truthfully think like they think they're owed. And that's not the case. That's not what winning teams do. That's not how teams win playoff rounds. That's not how teams you know, climb up the standings and get to the top and give themselves a better opportunity to win in the playoffs with home, you know, home uh, ice advantage. It's just, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's mind numbing to me that this group is not hungrier. And, and listen, if you, you want to say they are hungrier, all right, fine. Then we're just flat out not good enough because that nobody's getting the job done. And, you know, people want to say, you know, well, Lafreniere, you know, he's not force fed the ice time that Hughes was. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's fine. I truthfully think, you know, all the players that he has to look up to are just too inconsistent. I mean, maybe Mika is probably the most consistent all-star we have. He's probably going to be hovering around 90, 95 points this season, which is, all right, fine. I'll take that from him. But, you know, other than him, you know, he he must look at Panarin and be like, wow, if he's getting $11.5 I, I don't have to do that much more to get there. He's only got 11 goals this season. You know, he barely shoots on the power play. If I, I'm going to model my game around him, you know, or he looks at Kreider and it's like, this is what it takes to be a leader and an all-star in this league. I want to be like him. He stinks, you know, and this is, this is what happens. You know, luckily Kako was able to find his own game. He doesn't play like anybody else in the New York Rangers. And, and we're lucky. Lafreniere, I think, is influenced by these older guys. And, you know, I think he puts too much pressure. He needs to find his own game. He needs to find whatever it was in junior that made him stand out because this kid's doing a lot of watching. And I'm telling you, the all-stars on this team are not the ones to mold your game around. They should not be looking at these guys as role models. Maybe, maybe Zibanejad, but they're two different players. You're not, you're not going to be Mika Zibanejad. You know, he's, he's supposed to be a left winger and he's well, looking at Panarin. And it's just like, dude, do not be what Panarin is because it, it's just, it's not going to work for out for you. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously, you know, it, it's funny 
but uh, and I don't think the Rangers go out and get him for a litany of reasons. But I think the one guy coming in that I think would benefit Alexi Lafreniere might be a Ryan O'Reilly type because everyone's saying like Lafreniere needs to work on his skating. Lafreniere needs to do this and needs to do that. He's not explosive enough. He's not fast enough. There are guys in the league like uh, like uh, Ryan O'Reilly, like uh, Stone on Las Vegas, like Leon Dreisaitl that literally skate. They like turn like they're goddamn boats on the ice and they skate like they have lead in their ass. But they are some of the deadliest players in the league because they play a heavy game. They they have excellent instincts and they protect the puck well, and they just know how to show up to where they're most effective. And Lafreniere has shown that. He's, he's, he's scored a lot of even-strength goals relative to most players his age because he understands where to be, at least. But I think the biggest problem is that his game with the puck right now is absolutely atrocious, where those guys, they know where to be, and their game with the puck is good. They don't try to do things they can't, but at the same time, they understand how to give themselves more time despite not being fast. You see Drysidle button hook a lot. You see him put his fucking hip and just stick a leg out just to curl in and hold it wide to give him a, a window before he either passes it to someone or he just makes a quick little shift and then he gives himself a lane. Uh, you know, Stone has that crazy long stick. It's just these guys have adapted their game despite not being fast to being absolutely lethal players. So has no, you know. Is nothing to do with his lack of explosivity. You know what I mean? Tage Thompson, who looks like goddamn uh, Mario Lemieux right now, is not a very fast guy. Obviously, he's huge like a giraffe, but he's a slow. But he figured out how to protect the puck pretty damn well, and now he can weave in and out of people. Where I see Lafreniere just skate at guys, and he tries to put the puck in someone's feet, and they just say, "I'm just going to poke that away and just go this way." I don't know what you're trying to do, kid, but I'm just going to do this. You know what I mean? Whereas at the same time, he just sometimes needs to get the puck. And honestly, I think he just needs to figure out a way to protect the puck first and foremost. Just take a breath and say, okay, I have the puck here. They're going to try to crunch me in the boards instead of just fling it away and nothing happened of it. Just give myself a goddamn... I know it's a, a fast league and you have to be a good decision maker, but he needs to figure out a way to hold on to the puck for more than two seconds right now. Because whenever it is, he either tries to make a pass that doesn't materialize or he quickly... He gets nervous and wants to make a play and not get benched. So he just puts it back to the point and then that's it. Either it goes on net and that's his involvement is done. You know what I mean? He's not trying to make plays. So that's what he has to do. When he was at his best, he was making cross ice plays and shooting the puck in the playoffs last year. And he's just not doing that. So, you know, it sucks because it's in. We've seen that he can get to that level, but it's just he's literally moving backwards. He's trending in the opposite direction. Yeah, and, and, and this is what happens when, you know, the New York Rangers pick first overall. It's just, this is what happens when the team that I root for picks first overall. <laughs> it's like, it, it's never going to be easy. It's just never going to come natural. Like, we're either going to watch this kid blossom and turn into a Hall of Famer elsewhere, or it's just going to go down in history as the biggest, you know, one of the biggest, you know, first overall busts in NHL history. Um, yeah, or he, it, he finally does find this game, but that's after they've traded one, you know, Panarin and Zabanajad, and it's there. The kids turn now, and they just don't have enough overall talent. Kako's their best player. Lafreniere finally figures it out, but they only have two good players and not enough else. It's not like he could have figured it out when it had a chance to put the Rangers over the top, of course. So right, yeah. 
Um, yeah. 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 You have anything else? Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously it was frustrating in the, I will say this, which might honestly be the most frustrating. I think the Rangers are less frustrated about this game than the fans are, which is which part is of the problem, part of the problem. Absolutely. It doesn't, it does not change the fact that they are, have been at least until that game, which they did get a point out of. They've been pretty good in their last, you know, they had uh, prior to that, obviously the, the stinker versus the Capitals, they lose in the shootout to the lightning in a very good game. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Hurricanes, which was a good effort for them. Again, which makes it so frustrating because they can beat teams that are good. They've beaten the Devils before. They could have beat them again here. They didn't. They beat the Canadians. They have an interesting uh, sl- uh, string of games coming up, James. They have the Wild and the Stars, which I are coin flip games. Those are two teams. The Wild are struggling, but they can still beat you. They're good enough. The Stars are a little bit better, but the Rangers already beat them once this season. You know, uh, in Dallas, so it'll be interesting to see if they're looking for payback. You should. You have to beat the Canadians and the Blue Jackets again. You lost to the yeah. Blue Jackets the first time you played them. Uh, you're at. Is that? Are they in Columbus for that game? They are. Yeah, uh, I believe they are. Yes. Yeah. You have to win. You have to. Be, you. Ha- I don't care what. Honestly, even if they lose one of these games against the Wild and the Stars, so be it. I know you're not. They're not going to win every game the rest of the year. You have to then be. If you lose any of those games, you have to beat the Canadians and the Blue Jackets because then you play the Bruins again. Then you play the Panthers again, who are probably looking for revenge. Then you play the Maple Leafs again, who are probably looking for revenge. Then you play the Golden Knights, who are a very good team. Then you play the Flames, who, depending on the night, are a very good team. You know, and, and that's so my birthday. T- so you know they're going to lose because they might have never won on my birthday before. So yeah, and that's the thing. It's like pretty soon you're going to look at your your schedule and you're going to say, "Oh, we're not playing Canadians anymore. Oh, we're not going to see the Arizona Coyotes again this season." And remember, early on, they wasted those games, right? They, they lost to the Coyotes. They, uh, it's almost so long ago that you f- tend to forget in that, like, in that shitty spit. You know, they, they, they lost to Chicago once. Uh, they lost to the Stars once, right? They lost to the Red Wings. They lost to the Ducks. I forgot about that game. Yep. You know, so I mean, and then when you're looking at your ske- what's left towards the end of your schedule, you're like, Hurricanes twice in a row, uh, Penguins twice in a row. They play the Penguins th- they, three from times Mar- in a week from in March, March. From March 12th to the 18th, <laughs> they literally play Penguins, Capitals, Penguins, Penguins, then Predators, then the Hurricanes, then the Hurricanes. <laughs> like, they're, they have to, you know what I mean? So everyone who's they like... still got Buffalo left. Buffalo's going to smoke them. Uh, probably. Yeah, because Buffalo right now has it. this year. Buffalo, even though they're they've been inconsistent because as high high scoring as they are, they're still defensive and goaltending woes still kind of exist. But they're getting close to playoff spot. The Islanders are Barzell's. I think the Islanders are done. I'll say that Barzell's day to day now. They look defeated. They look like they've run out of gas. You know, Varlamov and Sorokin do not look good, despite as good as they looked early on. Uh, that team's too old, and they just it's too the clock right now on them. So maybe you don't have to worry about them, but it doesn't matter because you have to worry about the Penguins who, despite being in a rough stretch right now, oh, can pull themselves back into it. The Capitals look hell-bent. Honestly, the Devils, the Canes, and the Capitals can get the first three spots. Are probably going to lock up the, the, the top three spots in the Metro at this point as, as things seem to be trending today. And then the Rangers are going to be fighting for their lives to get in a wild-card spot along with you know the 
if the Islanders can somehow hang on with teams in the Atlantic, you know, if the the Panthers ever want to get their heads out of their asses with the Buffalo Sabres. So it might be a, a thing where the Rangers are literally fighting for their lives for the last playoff spot it, in the wild card. Yeah, all because. They all, and then, then they'll get to play, you know, the Boston Bruins who would smoke them in the, you know, the first. <laughs> the, yeah, know, or the Carolina Hurricanes. Or the Hurricanes who would be looking for revenge. Yeah, because you know, the so. games actually mean something. They remember last year. They marked their these games on their calendar. Yeah, but yeah. all right, Andy, uh, I'll let you. I'll let you finish it off here. All right. Well, um, let's as a breathing exercise, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna release. We go. Okay, we exercised. James and I have exercised our Rangers related stress for the evening. Just looking at the next few game segment, like we'd mentioned, this next block of four games, nothing too strenuous, not a divisional rival game. You have two teams in the West, in the Wild and the Stars, two winnable games at home. The Rangers have a little homestand here of three games, which might be a problem because they've honestly been better on the road last night, notwithstanding. But you have the Wild, you have the Stars, and then you have the Canadians who suck. And if you lose that game, you need to read. Uh, assess your you just have to take a long look in the mirror and then the Blue Jackets who although they kind of suck too can score a lot of goals if they feel like it you know what I mean Line A and Goudreau can light you up if they want to you know and they actually do have some promising rookies on that team so you have to be wary and then after that it's hell for the Rangers so they it they would do well to make the next the best of this next four game stretch because uh it might seem things might seem like they righted the ship and things are back on track now, but uh, believe me, they're probably closer to uh, the side of the road than they really think. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.